Well, football season is here. We love it. And there's no better place to shop for your game day beer, wine, or liquor than Molly's Spirits. We've been telling you about them for quite some time. If you're hosting a Broncos party, terrific. Just head to one of three locations of Molly's, and you can choose from a great selection of craft beers, many from right here from local breweries in Colorado. If those tasty seltzers are your drink of choice these days, Molly's has an unbelievable choice of those as well. Check out Molly's own Elevated Seltzer Variety 12-pack, which includes new flavors like lychee vanilla, limoncello, plum, and guava coconut. Molly's selection is terrific, but their incredibly helpful staff makes all of the difference in the world. There's somebody always around to direct you to your favorite brand, help you find a new favorite drink of choice, and answer any questions that you might have. They're really good. Their staff loves what they do, and it shows their knowledge of all their products. It can be frustrating to go into a store and then have to look for somebody to help you find what you need, right? The experience of Molly's is the exact opposite. So head to one of their three locations, Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, the DTC location right off I-25 in Arapahoe on the west side next to Sprouts, that's where I go, or their new location in Longmont at Ken Pratt and Main Street. And don't forget, Molly's delivers to your doorstep. It doesn't get any easier than that. To order, just go to Molly's Spirits. Com. Molly's, the land of adult beverage discovery. On this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman, if you're still upset about the Broncos' blunder on Sunday, you're not the only one. Don't ask me anything about the game. The game pissed me off. I mean, I mean, honestly. We go behind the coach's curtain with Dave. When a head coach gives a specific instruction to a coordinator in terms of what he wants done, and then that doesn't get done, the coordinator's probably not long for this world. And what can we expect when the Raiders come to town? I think the entire season could rest on Sunday's game. Dun, dun, dun! Thank you. All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brown, and we are back at it. Podcast number 98. Boom! We thank you very much for downloading the podcast. Gosh, lots of things to talk about today. (laughs) Uh, Starting, I guess, with the Broncos game yesterday in Pittsburgh. Yes. Can I just ask you off the bat? No. Don't ask me anything about the game. (laughs) The game pissed me off. I mean, mean, honestly, Uh that... I have to. This is 32 years of calling Broncos football. Yes, and I, we've seen worse games. I mean, I certainly have called worse games. Um, but but the expectation I had going into that game with this team this year, and the fact that I have believed that they are a playoff caliber team, and I've picked them to win 10 games this year, just to go back and play the way they did on both sides of the ball until the fourth quarter was. Whatever the category that is past disappointing, that's where I'm in. That's the category I'm in. Beyond disappointing. So I was listening to you and Rick on the postgame show, and he said flat, you said uninspired. To me, I think about that word, and I think, well, you know, God, isn't that on leadership? It's on the players, too. But if you're uninspired, man, that's all about what's going on at the top, I think. See, here's where I would... I would differ. I, yes, I think coaching is important. And even at the NFL level, coaches have to rally guys a little bit. But to me, 
to me, it's on the players. You know, there. I have never been around a good team. I have, you know, or seen a good team that didn't have a core group of leaders in the locker room. That just, I mean, their job is to make certain that we're ready to go, right? I mean, they spend more time with their comrades than assistant coaches do, and certainly than the head coach does. And I'm not, I'm not giving the the coaching staff a pass mm-hmm. because I didn't particularly like the game plan either. But players have to police themselves and players have to make sure that everybody's on the same page and we understand we're getting ready to go to battle and we're ready to go. And that team yesterday calling that game in Pittsburgh, um, they just gave me no signs whatsoever that they were ready to go. Ultimately coaches will get fired, you know, on any team that their, that team plays like they did yesterday over a you know continual basis. I mean that you make change. You can't fire all the players, so you fire coaches for sure. But man, I I just thought it was just a lackluster effort. They just I won't say it looked like they were going through the motions. They just didn't have any juice. You can't you can't play football at any level, but certainly at the NFL, if when you don't if you come out of the locker room if you're not hyped and ready to go to battle, you you can't win. So apparently the team got in late to Pittsburgh, blah, 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 blah. Can we say that? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how I feel about it too. I mean, that is a built-in excuse. It is factual. Mm-hmm. But to me, you, you've got to find ways to overcome that. I mean, come on, man. It's, you know, the East Coast thing, and the game started at 1 o'clock, which is 11 o'clock in Denver, and, and it is different. I mean, it, it's like saying – you know, when I played for Cleveland, coming back to Denver, well, the altitude, that's a myth. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And I grew up in Denver. But I came back my rookie year. I'd been gone probably six weeks of training camp and whatever, probably two months I'd been gone. I'm telling you, for the first quarter and a half, and I was just playing special teams my rookie year, I couldn't, I couldn't get a deep breath. It was like there was no oxygen. So it's not a myth, but you have to find a way to overcome that. you got to find a way to, to battle through it. And they didn't. They didn't have any answers yesterday. I think this team lacks some some of those leaders that maybe this, especially on, that this team has had before. I mean, I know a Peyton Manning is the guy's irreplaceable, or maybe an Aqib Talib, you know, Demarcus Ware, Demarcus Ware. But this team is so far away from having characters like that, right? So if you find yourself where they're kind of sleepy and lackluster, I don't think there's anybody on this team. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not that guy. Right. The everybody else is a little younger on the offensive side. And Vaughn just he says he wants to be that guy, but we don't see that. Yeah, I think that I you know what? I don't think that's that's Vaughn's personality. No, I think Vaughn um, I think he sees himself as a leader that leads by example, not necessarily uh, based on what he says or anything in the locker room. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but it's been that way since Manny retired and DeMarcus Ware retired. I mean, Peyton. Peyton's last season was the 2015 season. So this team has had opportunities to figure out who's going to be the the leader or the leaders in the locker room. It just was um, after getting beaten at home by the Ravens and and going to Pittsburgh and playing a Steeler team that was dead last running the football. I mean, they were 32nd rushing uh, out of 32 teams. They're averaging 55 yards per game. They rushed for 140 plus yards, and and basically they ran two plays. I mean, they it wasn't as though you know the 
that Pittsburgh out-schemed the Broncos from an offensive standpoint. I mean, Najee Harris basically ran the the draw play, or the inside zone play, where you just base block, and then he just picks the soft spot in the defense. It requires you to be gap conscious, and it requires you, he's a young 230-pound back. He's excited about it. you got to come up and and put your helmet and shoulder pads to that dude and, and early in the game say, no, not going to happen today. They didn't do that. Now, I'm not letting the offense off because the offense, I mean, I don't. I have no idea what they were doing. They tried to run the ball early in the game. They ran the ball the first series uh, on first down and second down. Then it was third down and, I don't know, eight or nine. Next series, they ran the ball in first down and second down. Then it was third down and 12. So obviously, they tried to establish the run. Um, I, you know, my eyes, I haven't seen the all 22 yet, but my eyes calling the game, I didn't think Pittsburgh was heavy in the box. I mean, I didn't think they were loading the box and telling Teddy Bridger, you're going to have to throw it because there are ways the defense can do that against an offense. I, I didn't sense that. Um, they, they just, they just didn't, they had a delay of game penalty on the first play of the game. I know. What I mean, what in the about? hell are we, what, what are we doing? That is, that, that is embarrassing. Now, I, I don't know if it's on Teddy. I mean, I, did he get the play call in in time? I don't know. I'm not on the, I'm not on the headset, but it looked like Teddy was trying to change something at the line of scrimmage, but you can't take a delay of game penalty on the first snap of the game. I feel like your blood pressure is going up. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I had uh, uh, I ate good. ate well this morning. It just you know I expected them to go back yeah. and to try to you know rid themselves of how they played against the Ravens. Steelers are not a great team. They I mean the quarterback has not been great this season, and except for the fourth quarter, and I do give them credit in that regard. They did battle back and they gave themselves a chance to at least tie the game late. But that kind of effort has to be there in the first three quarters. And maybe that kind of game plan, right? I mean, the fourth quarter, they threw the ball a ton because they had to. Well, maybe this, you know, even though we've been led to believe this is a run-first team and a play-action team, maybe maybe that's not the personality of this team. I, I don't know. So you mentioned you weren't happy with the game plan. Nothing is really working at a start of a game. Offensively, they haven't scored a touchdown on the first drive of any game. That's since Pat since 2018. Oh my god! Yeah, what that's the hell. That's a streak that you do not you do not want to have. Um, nobody's happy with a game plan when you lose the way they lost. I mean, the first thing, I mean, coaches know that they're going to get critiqued and they're going to have criticism thrown at them. And, uh, you know, in this regard, I'm probably no different than anybody else. We all sit here. It's really easy for us sitting in an office here talking on the microphone about what the hell, what, why would you call that play? What about this, that, that? And we have a whole bunch of people, and again, I put myself in this category, that, that um, probably don't know their head from their ass in terms of what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Probably not. I hear, you know, driving around Denver, I hear talk radio. And again, I, I'm, I put myself in this where you, at, at times you say something or you hear something that is said, you sort of shake your head and, and say, you don't have any idea what you're talking about. So when you don't play well, when you have six points after three quarters, when you have two first downs in the first half, there's going to logically be people, including me, that criticize the game plan. What are we doing here? Uh, the Steelers are a good defense, not a great defense. 
and yet they look like the steel curtain of the mid-70s yesterday. So I think it's it's okay just to be frustrated and to vent. And I do think this, the season's going to go on, and they've got the Raiders rolling the town on Sunday. And to me, this, I, you know, not to deal in hyperbole, but let me just be hyperbolic for a moment. I think the entire season could rest on Sunday's game. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. I, I do. Raiders have lost two in a row. Broncos have lost two in a row. Doesn't look like the L.A. Chargers are going to lose too many games this year uh, with that quarterback and and that sort of offense. So, I mean, the Broncos have to find a way to win a home game against the Raiders, period. Okay, we're going to talk about the Raiders after the break, but you talk about we're just kind of hitting a little bit on Pat Shermer. Jeff emailed us at the Dave Logan Podcast. What's up, Jeff? He says, what made Pat Shermer a better option than Rich Scangarello? The change struck me as a good old boys club move at the time, and the last two seasons have not done much to change my mind. Drew Locke looked comfortable in Scangarello's offense, but he and almost everybody else have looked uncomfortable in Pat Shermer's offense. Yeah, I'd love to, Jeff, say that I disagree with your your email, but I don't. I think that in the NFL, head coaches want to work with people that they respect and that they have a relationship with and that they can trust and that when they tell them, this is what I want done, then that is what's going to be done. Rich Gangarello was a first-year offensive coordinator that, for whatever reason, did not mesh very well with Vic Fangio. Now, when you look at what he did with Drew Locke, Drew came on the last five games of the season, he started, and he was 4-1 and and played some pretty good football. In fact, I would say... Of Drew Locke's career, that was the best stretch of games he's ever played. But, again, as a head coach, you get to pick as to who you're going to work with. And if if and I will say this behind the curtains a little bit. When a head coach gives a specific instruction to a coordinator in terms of what he wants done, and then that doesn't get done, the coordinator's probably not long for this world. So Vic, moving on, had known Pat Shermer um, and respected Pat Shermer, but he can't be, you know, you can't be happy right now with what we've seen the last two weeks from the Broncos' offense. And I know they've played, I mean, the Ravens are a good defense. Steelers, again, to me, they've got a nice pass rush, but they're middle of the pack defense. Not, It's not a great defense, but the Broncos, for the second consecutive week, really could not uh, get a running game going the way they want to. So Vic Fangio was asked today in his Monday press conference if he's happy with the job that Pat Shermer has done. He said, I met with the offensive staff. I have no qualms with Pat, but our results haven't been good enough, and we need to fix that. Very blah, 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 blah. We didn't learn anything about – I mean, maybe stuff is going on behind the scenes. He's not going to tell us. Why would he tell us? Well, maybe he's a little fiery, and he's like, come on, let's go. You know what? you got to be – as a head coach, you got to be smarter than that. You might have chewed their ass in the in the in the room. You might have let them have it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to go out and tell a bunch of yokels like us. <laughs> oh yeah, I just chewed his ass in the room. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. You're not going to do All that because right. you create drama and you create a story for people like us, and then we talk about that story for the entire week and the entire uh, podcast. Vic yeah. cannot be happy. I assure you mm-hmm. of what's going on offensively. But I I would also add. He shouldn't be happy with how they played on defense. You know, they got handled up front, period. 
when you have a rookie running back on a team that can't run the ball, run the ball the way he did, and they finished with, hundred, I think, 147 yards rushing or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you give up a touchdown on a third and 11 on the opening drive on a simple fade route, and a guy that you paid a lot of money to play corner out there has receiver run right by him. Listen, it, it, this is not – I mean, you are accountable – for how you play. And if you doesn't matter if you're making a lot of money. If you don't play well, you got to come out of the lineup. And that, that's just the way it is. And Kyle Fuller, and he was asked specifically about Kyle Fuller in the press conference today, asked, do you think he's the same player that he was back in Chicago when he was an all-pro? And it, his answer to me was telling. It was one word. Yes. That's it. He didn't elaborate on Fuller. And my eyes tell me Kyle Fuller. I think Kyle Fuller's a, a good player. He's got to play better. Period. Great players want to be coached, and they have to be held to a different level of accountability than other players, period. And if Kyle Fuller is a great player, he's got to be held to that level of accountability. And and knowing of him, people I've talked to, they say Fuller is that guy. He's, He's that guy. He's a team guy. So he's got to play better, period. I think Vic Fangio kind of alluded to that. He didn't name him, but he said, you can't just assume since you're such and such player that you can get away with that. You're going to get exposed. Unless yeah, and he, you... he talked about technique. Yes. And I, you know what? I made the comment on the broadcast yesterday a couple of times. You know, the technique in terms of, you know, whether, whether you're being taught to stay in your back pedal or whether you're being taught to open your hips. I mean, there were a couple of times that just watching the replay, you know, he, he did some real funky things. In his technique, you, you can as a receiver, a defensive back, over a long period of time, you know it. But if you're not, that's what practice is for, and that's what assistant coaches are for. They remind you, like, okay, hey, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to uh, reading splits, and let's get back to walking before we start to backpedal out and turning our hips and not getting all those things that even great players have to work on on a continual basis. Before we take a break, it's a pretty broad question, but did we, and I think, gosh, I think everybody did it, did we overrate this defense because they're the highest paid defense and there's some pretty big names on this defense and people were getting healthy? I don't think this is a defense we thought it was. Well, we're five games in. I mean, they couldn't get any pass rush yesterday. I I, I don't even know. I mean, Ben may have gotten knocked down a couple times, maybe. But uh, there was not a significant pressure package on Ben Roethlisberger. You know, the last two weeks, I'm going to give him a pass in the Ravens game because it's such an atypical offense they have. It's an anomaly. And so they tried to stop the run. They committed people to stopping the run. And they exposed the back end of that defense. But against the Steelers, I mean, you got guys – making plays that shouldn't be making plays. I mean you got you're back in has got to got to play better. Uh I, I think and I think Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons are two good players. Uh you know, Kareem the last couple of weeks, I think he would look at sort of where where he's lined up and, and his his angles and he'd say, Yeah, there, I mean there's some plays in there that I have to make. So these are all things that the coaches look in the film room and then have to evaluate and are we better doing something else or are we better doing something else with somebody else? All of these things. But whatever it is, this is a production-based business and they better get it figured out and they better get it figured out in the span of a few days because they have to find a way on Sunday to beat the Raiders, period. You, because if you don't, now that's three games in a row you've lost. Now you're 3-3. Three and three. Now you go on a short week 
to Cleveland on a Thursday night. That's going to be no picnic, right? They lose yesterday to the Chargers, but they put how many points? 42 points in the Chargers defense. Cleveland has a very good team. And you love that. No, I, I love – I don't root for him to beat uh, – the Broncos, but I mean, I, I root for Cleveland to yep. win games, right? Because the, you know, I know how miserable the people in Cleveland have been over the years with lack of production by their football team. We are going to talk about that Raider game next. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The Dave Logan podcast. Hey, do you love great steaks and hamburgers? I mean, who doesn't, right? Then I would suggest you contact our friends at Dipper Legacy Cuts today. Clint and Lauren Mundell run this fifth-generation cattle ranch in southeastern Colorado. It's a ranch that was founded over 120 years ago. And for the first time, they're making their fresh black Angus beef available to the public. I have tried this. It is delicious. Their beef is all natural, hormone-free, with no antibiotics, and it's delivered to your doorstep in only a day and about two or three days for out-of-state orders. They're always adding new packages for all budgets. And talk about selection. They offer any cut you can imagine, from ribeyes to fillets to T-bones to roast, short ribs. I mean, they've got it all. And you can also order a custom-made box, which that's what I did. And you can have it filled to your specific needs. They also offer bulk beef. You can order whole, half, or quarter beef, which is extremely budget-friendly when you break it all down. We have both tried the beef from Dipper Legacy Cuts. And as I said, it is so flavorful, rich, and tender. It's just really delicious. Their beef is dry-aged for a minimum of four weeks. And you can really taste the difference between their beef and store-bought beef. And if you use the code Dave Logan, all caps and no spaces, you get $10 off your order. For Colorado customers, your beef usually comes in about a day right to your doorstep packed in dry ice for the ultimate freshness. So head to DipperLegacyCuts.com and check out their fantastic selection. And then again, use promo code Dave Logan. Dipper Legacy Cuts, a Centennial Ranch in the Centennial State. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. You know, there's no doubt what season we're in, right? It's football season for sure, but it's also full-on coffee season. You know, when you get up in the morning and it's starting to get dark and cold outside, the only thing that's going to make you feel better is that good hot cup of coffee. We suggest making yourself a cup of Boyer's coffee to ring in the cold weather. Boyer's has been roasting in the mountains since 1965. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, it means you're always guaranteed a flavorful cup of coffee that you won't find anywhere else because the beans are roasted at altitude, ensuring that smooth taste is what you're going to get and what a selection they have do yourself a favor and check out their website at boyerscoffee.com talk about choices man they've got so many it is literally the most expansive selection of coffee we've ever seen from the top sellers like rocky mountain thunder to their lighter breakfast blend to french vanilla which i love 
to hazelnut to the popular chocolate mousse, coconut cream. There's a coffee for everybody, including an impressive selection of decaf coffees and organic coffees as well. And if you sign up at boyerscoffee.com, you'll get exclusive emails monthly with some great discounts, including free shipping. Remember, you can always find Boyers at your favorite supermarket, as well as Walmart and Sam's Club, or stop by their food truck and coffee cottage at 73rd and Washington, where one of their talented baristas can make you whatever you want. Boyer's Coffee. Enjoy a cup today. And welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brown chopping it up about the Broncos' loss yesterday in Pittsburgh and the upcoming game Sunday at home versus the Raiders. Okay, let's talk about this Raiders team because they actually there is some similarities between the Broncos and the Raiders. They haven't scored on their opening possession. Gosh, it's 11 straight games. We don't care about the Raiders, Julie. Um, you know, as a native and growing up, care, I mean, it's hate care. Like, I grew up hating this team. Well, listen, I, I grew up in Denver, team. too. You, had a, you, you should have grown up, like, back in the mid-60s. I mean, the Broncos couldn't beat the Raiders. I mean, it was, just an, it was a butt-whooping twice a year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. So that made the 77 AFC Championship Perfect. game, like, unbelievable. You know, I was in the stands. I was already a player, but I came home uh-huh. and sat in the stands for both the divisional playoff game when they beat the Steelers. Yeah. I think it was 30... What, 34-23, something like that. And then the next week, they played the AFC Championship game and beat the Raiders. It God. was so awesome. I, I mean, know. it was – it. those were two games. I, I One quick story, we'll get to your point. Leaving the Raiders game, when, they, when it the, the Broncos won the game, they're headed to the Super Bowl to face the Cowboys. People – and I am not making this up. People were like skipping and singing <laughs> – on their way out of the stadium, just yelling. It was like it was like I've never been to Mardi Gras, uh-huh. but it's like every image I have in my mind about New Orleans during yeah. Mardi Gras. It's, it was awesome. Man. It's just so it's so great. I'm so glad for you know all the Bronco fans, but to be a Bronco fan at the time when they weren't great and to see the, what they've gone to is awesome. Yep. Okay. So anyway, so um, okay, so the Raiders just lost at home to the Bears twenty to nine. They were favored by five and a half. Yep. So they're also in a world of hurt. They started the season off as well three and zero, and they've lost um, their last two games. So where do the Broncos stand? Well, tell me what you think. Who the Raiders really are? Because I think they're dangerous. Okay. I think the Raiders are a dangerous team. Um, I've never been a huge Derek Carr fan. I've come around on him. I think he's better than I gave him credit for uh, three or four years ago. I thought he was a dink and dunk and, you know, 70% completion guy that really didn't take many chances with the ball. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think I've changed uh, based on just watching him more. They have a lot of weapons. They have one of the best tight ends in the game that is a mismatch uh, for a lot of people and Darren Waller. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, is – He's an elite running back. He's He's been plagued with injuries, but when he's healthy, he is tough to get on the ground. The Raiders' problem has been their defense. They haven't been able to really uh, stop people. But it's they're a dangerous, dangerous team. And, and they are going to come to Denver with a similar mindset of, hey, listen, we can't lose three in a row, right? We started the season three and zero, oh, mm-hmm. and now, uh, and this is a divisional game, so they're going to be desperate. The Broncos just have to be more desperate. And that's that's a mindset that they have to have. The Broncos have to have the mindset that there is no way we're letting you come in here to empower Field of Mahai and win a game. We'll do whatever we have to do, whatever's necessary 
That's that's the mindset they have to have. And then they have to have a good game plan on both sides of the ball. What do you say to those people that and I, I was listening to the post game yesterday and, you know, like I said, you and Rick and I listened to a little bit more and, you know, texts and calls are coming in of some people saying, OK, we've seen enough of Teddy Bridge Bridgewater. They wouldn't replace him this early, right? No, I mean, that's to me, that's that's silly. 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 I mean, Teddy didn't didn't play particularly well in the early part of the game. But you know what? He gave him a chance in the fourth quarter and brought him back. I, I think Bridgewater's your best option to play. That would not replace him uh right now. I'm not saying I would never replace him. He doesn't have a you know, he doesn't have a no cut contract sort of thing. But I mean I I haven't seen anything from him uh that would, would make me believe like, okay, we can't win. Broncos mm-hmm. can't win with that guy. I just I have not seen that. Can we see more of Noah Fant, please? That's a bit perplexing uh, as to why he's not been featured a bit more. I think he has got a really nice skill set. He's a big, you know, he's 250 pounds. He's 6'5". He's a good athlete. He can run. Um, I think he's improved his ball catching skill. I thought there were too many drop balls first couple of years. Um, but I thought he was better last year than his rookie season. And I thought, you know, I think he's been better this year. Still, I'd like to see him, you know, be a more consistent ball catching Jesse. But yeah, I, I, it's, I have a hard time understanding why they are not trying to get him the ball, making an effort to get him the ball. I don't think he had, don't think he had a target in the first half. I don't think he had one target. If you're an elite tight end or you're one of the guys that, the team thinks you can be an elite tight end. Mm-hmm. You can't go an entire half without getting that guy the ball. Could you get, do some investigation on that? Yeah, I'll, let me get back to you. Okay. I'll have my people get back to your people. Uh, okay, I won't be expecting that anytime soon. Um, so you say we, we want to see changes in the game plan. You say that the Raiders' defense isn't that good. What exactly do you want to see then? Well, it was pretty apparent that Pat Shermer and the staff, when they put this last game plan together, said – well, hell, we're going to run the ball. No matter what, we're going to run the ball. And I think that was in direct reference to receiving um, criticism, maybe from in the building, about their lack of ability to stay with the running game against the Ravens. But when something is not working, you can't, you can't, and again, I fully admit, a lot easier for me to sit here in my office behind the mic and tell Pat Shermer, exactly how to do things. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but when it's not working, I think you have to have the ability to adjust to things. And I just don't get the sense that the Broncos are doing that right now. Right? I think they came into the game against the Steelers and said, we're running the ball no matter what. So first down, first play of the game, after the delay game, they run the ball. Then they run the ball again. Now they pick up six yards in two carries. All right, but because of the delay of game, it's third and nine, right? There's a huge difference in your ability to get into a lot of different things in your playbook with a third and four as opposed to third and nine, right? The percentages of you making, picking up third and four, it's about 50, like 58 or 59%. And the third and nine, which is considered to be third and long in the NFL, picking that up drops to like under 30%. So... The delay of game killed them. Then they came back the second series, ran the ball in first down, 
ran the ball on second down. And it's third and 12. Well, okay. Either you got to design something different in a creative way to get the running game going, or you got to, you know, not maybe not run the ball on both first and second down. You got to get them into some sort of rhythm. I mean, offensive players have to get that sort of juice flowing where, hey, first down, you hit a quick throw, then you come back with a run, first down, now you can hit a mid-range thing or let's run. I mean, something where you can just sort of hang your hat on stuff. I, I think if you come in with the idea like we're running it no matter what and this is our base stuff, and I'm not saying it was all base stuff because it wasn't, then you have to be better than the guy you're playing, right? That's That's the thing. That's where coaches make their money. That's why some guys – you know, are just brilliant coaches and some guys really aren't because they can analyze something and still stick with the foundation of their belief in the running game, but window dress that thing to make it look like something else and it's successful. And you know what? Then the next week they do something else. The great coordinators, you think of Bill Belichick, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest head coaches of all time. I remember talking to Mike Shanahan about uh, Bill, and he said, every time we played them, we'd go back and scout like we do every everybody to get an idea as to what they would call. Never ran the game plan we scouted. Never. <laughs> wow. They'd come up with something else. And then, this is the topper, at halftime, they'd have a completely different game plan. They'd come out in the second half after we thought we've got this thing figured out, and Mike was brilliant in that regard. And the second half, defensive game plan, totally different. So, those kinds of things, and again, Belichick is an elite guy, but the, the really good coaches in the NFL, they come up with stuff that gives their team a chance to get going. Hey, before I let you go, I have a recommendation for, I, like you have all the time in the world right now to watch Netflix. Do you watch anything besides sports right now? I, I No. I mean, I, I re- <laughs> honestly, no, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I'll occasionally watch something on Netflix but okay. for the most part I'm I'm looking at either high school game tape or Broncos game tape or college football on Saturday and NFL football on Thursday and NFL football right. on Monday and so it's okay. football season. I mean it's football season, Julie. I mean you shouldn't be watching <laughs> Netflix. You should be breaking down 9 on 7 tape of the Broncos and the Raiders. Oh, I do it. But then after Do you know what 9 on 7 is? 9 players on 7 players. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Squid Game. Te- technically, <laughs> that's correct. But yes. Anyway, go ahead. Which which? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I already answered it. Okay. <laughs> Squid Games on Netflix. Yeah. It's the modern day. Squid Games on Netflix? Yes. Okay, give me a brief synopsis it's, as to what it is. It's um, made in South Korea. So it's... Korean. Korean. So it's dubbed. So you have to get over that a little bit. It's... A, and it's it's a decent job on on the dubbing. Well, what's but the what's the theme? It's like of Hunger games? games. It's where there's games, and if you you play in the games, people that are in debt play in the games. If you lose the game, you die. Well, they made a movie that was not a Korean movie. Yeah, it was it was Hunger Games. This is the modern version of Hunger Games. I'm just saying, if you need to release Dave or any of our listeners, huh. I mean, it's like a worldwide Squid games. sensation. Squid Games. Hey, we'd like a couple of emails next week. Uh-huh. Uh, on your thoughts on Squid Game, Squid Games, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to watch Squid Games because I'm actually busy doing football. And I would, I would submit to you that you have way too much time on your hands. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. See ya. Dr. 
DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.